everybody. This is Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors. I'm your host, Latrice Carter, of course. And tonight is um, August the, um, help me out, guys, but what is it? August 28th. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is August 28th, 2020. And tonight we are talking about Child's Play. Mm. The Chucky movie. The the best Chucky movie. One of the best Chucky movie, movies, in my opinion. Uh, I have with me tonight Nathan Della. Hello. Uh, Christy Escu Morris. Hey. Constance Goodrich. And the newbie of the night, Lavelle Jackson. Hello. Uh, I hope you guys are ready for this discussion. Uh, guys, are you ready for this discussion? Definitely. Oh, yes. I just finished watching it again. Oh, yeah. So so before we get into the questions, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, Christy, we'll go, we'll go with you first. What are your thoughts about Child's Play? So I have a confession. Um, up until last year, I had never watched this movie. What? Um, I know, I know. I don't know how it slipped past me, but it did. Um, so I was like, all right, I need to go back and watch it. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it is more like a cheesy or cult classic kind of genre to me. Oh, yeah, that's um, why we love it. Oh, well, that's exactly. why I love it. <laughs> exactly. But I, but I remember when it came out being unnerved because like everybody has their thing and creepy dolls are my thing. Like that's the thing that I'm like, I watched dead silence for the first time this past year too. Same reason. Don't like creepy dolls. Um, but I found that I really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought everybody did a good job. I was surprised like looking back at it, they had a really killer cast. Like that's some really oh, yeah. level talent for a cheesy horror movie. They did. So, that, that really elevated it to me. Um, it could have been just a terrible, terrible film had it been, you know, not directed as well or not if the actors had had fun with it. And they obviously did. So right. I really enjoyed it. I, I agree with that. And Lavelle, what about you? What are your thoughts about it? Well, uh, I remember when uh, Child's Play came out. Uh, and I watched it probably a year after it came out videotape. Yeah, same here. Uh, good old VHS. Um, yeah, I thought it was a very, very good film, especially especially for that time period. Uh, at the time, you had, you know, that was the, the, the height of, you know, Jason, Freddy, and Michael. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Jason, Freddy, were, Jason and Michael were, you know, big, hulky guys, and Freddy's, you know, wisecracking, you know, undead. And you have Chucky, which kind of, you know, was a little bit of shit. Right. And actually, and the more I watch Child's Play now, I think as an adult, it, you know, it, it does have some underlying views of certain things. And, uh, you know, I'll probably get to a little bit of that later. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting film. Very interesting. And, Nathan, how about you? I know you have a lot to say about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the Chucky franchise is probably one of my, if not my favorite horror franchise definitely one of my favorite characters killers in the slasher genre um 
And like, I just love the entire franchise and I love that the way the first film kicks it all off and kind of gets you oh, yeah. the mythology and everything. Um, like incredible puppetry and animatronic and stunt double work for Chucky. It all looks oh, really yeah. convincing. I think it's a really solid movie. Um, I love that you don't actually see Chucky come alive until 45 minutes into the film. So like yes, halfway they, they into were the smart film, with the it. first time you see mm-hmm. him alive. So that's pretty cool that they kind of like kept it, you know, close to the best until halfway through. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, and I've met... Uh, I've met Brad Dorf and I've met and talked with for a while uh, Don Mancini at Texas Friday. Oh, weekend. wow. That's awesome. Um, and uh, Don Mancini is an amazing guy. Um, I got to talk to him about the kind of the themes in the <laughs> franchise and everything, which, of course, we can get into more later. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. It's definitely. a really solid movie. Like, just everything about it. Like, it's just really well written and great cast, great voice work by Brad Dorff. Oh, yeah. Great everything. Oh, yeah. It, even down to the cinematography. I, I love that. Yeah, the cinematography is, is really good. Like, I like the nighttime scenes and mm-hmm. the, the when Chucky attacks uh, the detective in his car, like that whole sequence is, is really well done. Yes. And Cassis, what about you? How, how What do you feel about um, Talos Play? Well, I am a huge cosplayer. I have been doing and doing cosplays since I could. Mm-hmm. And when Chucky came along, it was just like magic to me. I loved his character. I loved who he was. Uh, Bad Brad Dwarf, of course. I loved him as an actor, so it just was a big plus for me. Plus, and this is where most people get kind of creeped out. It brought a love of creepy dolls for me. I own a whole bunch of creepy dolls in my house to this day due to this movie. <laughs> and I call them my I call them my babies at this point. Even though I have two kids of my own, they're still my babies. So, <laughs> I mean, all points aside though, this movie was the top for the top of my list for me. Right. Doll-wise, I also got into Puppet Master and other stuff after. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So definitely one of my heights of my movies. Oh yeah! Oh, and there was one other thing, Latrice, I forgot to add. Oh yeah! Um, I don't know if y'all remember these, but uh, when I uh, was a kid, I had a My Buddy doll. There was there was My oh, Buddy. Oh yeah! And it was yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, and and the my buddy doll like Chucky is like straight up like inspired by that. Yeah. And I, yes, like having one of those. Imagining now, like, what if my doll would have come alive, <laughs> went on a killing rampage? <laughs> I, I yeah, imaginations ran wild <laughs> after this movie. I straight, I straight terrorized my little brother. My brother is seven years younger than me. And he had a My Buddy doll when yes. he out. I would literally walk down the hall of our home with my arms extended, holding out the doll and, like, chasing him through the house. Yes. I straight up terrorized him with that doll. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm a horrible person, but it's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, that's what older sisters are supposed to do, to do that exactly. to their younger brothers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, we're going to get into some questions here. Now, we all know that Child's Play was released in 1988 and starred Catherine Hicks and Chris Sarandon and uh, introduces little Alex Vincent at that time. So, and Alex Vincent did a good, a great job portraying uh, little Andy. Uh, Well, Nathan, what is your favorite part of Child's Play? Like my favorite scene or? Uh, Yeah, your favorite scene. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about that when I was just watching it just now. Um, like, I love when he first comes alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I noticed with the exception of Andy relaying something Chucky had said uh, to his mom, like, he, he, uh, he says that, uh, you know, when he tells his mom, oh, Chucky said she was a bitch and she deserved to die. Um, like, other than that, there's actually no cursing in the movie until Chucky comes alive and then he releases, like, a tirade on oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's so, like, shocking and jarring, like, when he comes alive all of a sudden halfway through the movie and then, like, has this filthy mouth. Um, uh, other than that, like... The in sequence, like I love all the stuff where he's like, where it's from his perspective, and he's like walking through the halls and stuff. Oh yeah! And then like the in sequence is is just amazing. Like when he catches on fire and he's like flailing on the couch, and like it just looks so real, and you really believe that he's alive and that he's like burning alive. It's just an incredible uh, oh, yeah. finale to the film. And Christy, how about you? What, what's your favorite part? Or what was your favorite scene? I think I have to agree that when he comes alive, that scene is so well done and she plays it so well because you can tell that she's like trying to figure out, am I really crazy for thinking that this doll could actually be alive? You know, and she's like not really sure. And you can kind of see the wheels in her head like, what am I doing? This is insane. And then he starts actually responding. And like he said, there's this tirade of just foul language and trying to kill her. And, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm not crazy. This is legit. That scene mm-hmm. is really, really good. Yeah. Um, really well acted. Like, it would be so hard to act against an inanimate doll. Um, and she yeah. did such a great job. Um, but the second scene that I really, really loved uh, is when Andy runs into the, the building towards the end. He runs into the house. Uh-huh. Um, and where Chucky is and he's trying to talk to him, that scene is really good because um, it did a really good job of like building up that intensity and that um, that anticipation. Like we're gonna make you sweat it out before we give you that good, you know, fight scene. You're gonna have uh-huh. to sit there and suck it up and just be on the edge of your seat. Uh-huh. Right. And, and that's what I think they did so well. They had us on the edge of our seats like the whole time because we didn't know what was going on. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And Lavelle, what's your favorite um, scene? Uh, I would have to agree with the scene where he does come alive because the whole mood of the movie changes from that point on. Yeah. Uh, prior to watching Child's Play, I had only seen the TV trailer. I had never seen the full like theatrical trailer. So I didn't know what he was going to eventually sound like. I thought that this was the film. And 
granted, he was, he was still creepy in the, you know, in the child voice. But from then on, it's like Brad Dorff just, you know, knocks it out of the park. You know, Brad Dorff, underrated actor. Uh, oh, yeah. I once flew over the cuckoo's nest. I thought he did a great job in that. Uh, so good. Actually, I watched that in high school. Miss Martin class. Hey, right. Yeah. So Brad Dorf, he's always been an underrated actor, and his voice work just is incredible. And that uh-huh. scene alone, it's very, very spooky. Uh, in the way it moves when she looks in, you know, his back and sees the batteries are not there. There, you know, the batteries is in the still in the package. Right. It's very slow and spooky. And you're, you're like, man, what's going to happen? And when he snaps, it's like. Uh, Brad Dorf shines. Chucky is like, that's my guy there. You know, um, so that's, that's the, my favorite scene. Definitely. Yes. And Constance, what about you? I did like the whole coming to life scene, but there's one scene that really got to me because it kind of brought forth kind of a feeling for me because I am a mom. Mm-hmm. But it was the Chucky Don't Need Battery scenes. It was all over really good because through the entire movie, Karen was thinking her son was just having an overactive, overactive imagination. That her doll was, that his doll was, you know, not actually talking, not actually being active. And she was taking that for granted. And then the point where the batteries fall on the floor and her face changes. Oh yeah. She looks back at him. It was like she realizes, wait a minute, my son isn't wrong. And it, just to see her pick him up, and then he's like, "Hi, I'm Chucky. You want to play?" And then she drops him. That's when she realized, "Oh God, my son was not crazy at all. This this little is a lie." Yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it was uh, Catherine Hicks acting for me that made that part so real. And, uh-huh. and one of the best scenes in the movie, and I I, I completely yeah. agree with all of you guys. I think that was the uh, the one of the best scenes in the movie, uh, and one of my favorite parts because uh, because just because of her reaction, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean that was some good acting. Uh, like Christy said, it, it it's hard to you know react. React to an inanimate object, you know. How can you react to something that is not really, you know, talking or anything like that? But she did a great job of doing it. And uh, and I tell you what, another scene that I really love is uh, is actually a, a comedic scene to me. And and there was there wasn't really any uh, comedic lines in Child's Play or anything like that. But there was this one. Where uh, when uh, uh, Karen and Maggie went to go get the t- uh, Chucky doll, and then they come back uh, t- to their uh, job, and their boss is is like, you know, you you're not supposed to do that or what whatever, and um, uh, and then he tells Karen she has to work, and and Maggie says, well, I'll take care of Randy. It'll be the hottest date I had in months, <laughs> and the boss says, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. <laughs> now, with the, there, y'all keep saying the reacting to like an inanimate object, but um, I, I know for sure in the later movies, and I imagine they did it this way from the beginning. Um, 
I know for sure in the later movies what they did was they record Brad Dorff's lines and then they actually use animatronics right. to have the, the right. thing like actually mouth his lines while they play the lines on set. And so I think to an extent they are like reacting to nothing, but at the same time I think it's like animatronic and so they kind of get a feel for what it would be like. Uh, for yeah, what it would actually be like if he was alive. Very cool. Y- yeah, you're right. Because I did read that um, uh, they did um, do Brad's lines before they uh, before they actually uh, shot the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I think it is like to an extent like alive in their hands, I guess. And then, of course, a little trickery with the cameras and stuff. But right. Right. Well, uh, what is your least favorite scene? If you guys have a least favorite scene, <laughs> a lot of uh, there isn't really too much, uh, you know, not to like about this movie. But uh, uh, Lavelle, we'll go to you first um, this time. What is your least va- favorite scene in the movie, if you have one? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, it's not really a scene that I really didn't like in this film. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I will. I will say it was. I didn't necessarily care too much for Maggie's death and how it happened. I thought the. I thought it was cheesy. The whole small hammer, you know, hit her in the eye. I thought that was very, very cheesy. She moved like, <laughs> like, like eight feet back. I thought that was a little cheesy, but it wasn't to a point where I thought it was unlikable or anything like that. I mean, right, right. I, I I agree. I agree with that because it um although it was cheesy, it was still believable. <laughs> you know, you you believe that somebody can fall off the window, of course, because you know it's happened before. Before, you know, so. And when she's falling, and the the shot of her falling and then smashing into the car, it, it does look really real. It yeah, does, especially for a movie from '88. <laughs> That's so true, yeah, Nathan. Because, you know, they didn't use CGI, so, like, they pulled that off, like, with a stunt double and a dummy, probably, but it looks so legit. It did. Yeah. It really it did. did. You know, um... I feel sick. Well, uh, Nathan, um, what about, about you? Do you have a least favorite scene in the movie? I do. Um, and it's not from, like, a production standpoint or an acting standpoint or anything, but, mm-hmm. uh, I want to know what's going on with this character and with this place. Um, the psychiatrist um, that has Andy in the wherever he has him, the hospital for kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, okay, so first of all, he's got Andy locked up in like a jail cell type room. And the entire yes. building, the entire place is like run down and trashed and dirty. And there's like little kids just sitting in the hallway in dirty clothes, like like looks like they're like poor bakers, like they haven't been fed and stuff. And yeah. Then, and he and then he, he thinks Andy is like trying to escape, and so he like is trying to force a needle into Andy's arm, um, with God knows what in it, without permission yes. of his mom. And like the whole scene is just like really disturbing like you're just like what is going on this place what is this guy doing to these kids 
Oh my gosh. I thought I was the only one who thought like that. No, it was, it's just like so messed. It's almost more messed up than like the stuff Chucky does. Because it's like, this guy's a monster. All right. Like, like, what is he doing to these children? And, and, and since you brought it up, Nathan, you know what? I think that maybe they should probably uh, pursue that in the TV show that they yeah. plan on doing. I think that maybe yeah. they, that should be one of the subplots. Yeah, I mean, there's there was a lot there that they could have gone further into in the film. And it's a well-done sequence and everything, but it's just like, why is that place so dilapidated? Why are the children look hungry and dirty? Right. Like, they're locked up, or they're just wandering aimlessly in the halls, and you're just like, what is going on with this place? Exactly. Yes. Yep. That's it. That would be a good subplot for the TV series coming out. Mm -hmm. And Christy, how about you? What was your uh, least favorite part? So, or your least I'm a huge, scene. huge Christian, uh, Christian Sarandon fan. I love him. Uh, Christian, nice. Love, love, love him. Oh, yeah. And um, he can do no wrong. Um, I, yes, I really didn't like the scene when he kind of turns and, like, starts to like the mom. Because I felt like it was super forced. Because he's, like, such a, you know, I'm a tough city cop to begin with. Right, like, yeah. I'm for you and your crazy son. And I, I believe that. Like, I believe that character. I was like, I believe you. You're this street smart cop, and you have no time for this crazy woman and her son. You have real criminals to catch. And right. So, like, well, maybe I can help you. I mean, you're pretty hot. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? what are you doing? And I didn't pick up on that. That's hilarious. It, it, it felt a little forced to me because he is so good, and he's very good at subtle. Like, Holy crap. Fright Night, the original Fright Night, is like a master class in subtlety. Yes. that He is so just at the top of his A-game in that movie. And we actually did a, uh, like, me and Constance and the administration team, we did a podcast on Fright Night. Yes, we did. That's my jam. Oh, that is my jam. Uh, You got to go check it out. You got to go check it out. It, we had so much fun talking about that. Now, my only complaint, my only complaint with Fright Night is that the vampire's name is the worst vampire name ever, Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> like that's like the least scary, like most off-putting name for a vampire. <laughs> that's it true. Like a character from Downton Abbey, right? Oh, I'm Jerry so Dandridge. <laughs> Mr. Dandridge. Mr. Dandridge. I th- I actually think his name should have been Vincent. Right? Like Vincent. Vincent. I don't know. Just something cooler than Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. That's fair. <laughs> That's funny. And Constance, what about you? What is your least favorite uh, favorite scene in Child's Play, if you have one? Well, I've only had one, and every time I watch it, I get pretty upset. It's like the scene where he's in the room with that cop and that psychiatrist, and he's trying to be like, Chucky did it. Chucky did all the killings. And the psychiatrist and the doctor, I mean, the psychiatrist and the police officer is like, oh, 
you're cra- your little boy's crazy. We're going to stick him in this unsafe hospital setting, and you're just mm-hmm. going to take the doll. You're going to take the doll home, and you're going to ignore the fact that you have no choice in the fact of the matter. That just got me upset. I was like, "What the heck, guys?" Yeah. I guess. Because that scene precipitates my least favorite part. You know, I mean, like the imprisonment of Andy in this dangerous place. Exactly. Right. Well, my least favorite part is actually when <laughs> when Andy and Chucky is on the subway train going to, you know, the, the rough part of town and nobody yeah. bats an eye or anything. Nobody <laughs> says, why? <laughs> why is this 60 year old little boy or I'm this sure. little boy? Because he looks I mean, he don't look 10. <laughs> No, he looks like a baby. <laughs> he looks like a baby, and nobody said anything. Now, I know, I'm like, like really? in bigger cities, it is common for like kids to ride on subways, and like also people tend to be like standoffish and like mind their own business type of attitude. Well, well, see, in today's world, I could buy that, but this is back in 1988. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but true, true. Is that in Chicago? Is that is it set in Chicago? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like Chicago, uh, I don't think Andy fit, really fits in there. Like, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems more like a vicious and baby babysitting in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it would be concerning if I saw him go taking a subway to you know that part of town. <laughs> yes, by himself in the afternoon. Like, it's like what 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Where are you? It was like early in the morning. He hadn't even gone to school yet. Okay. Yeah, so I, I would be like, uh, little boy, what is wrong with you? <laughs> where, you hey, where is your mother? Where's your mama? <laughs> but then the, that Charles Lee Ray wouldn't have been able to kill his partner. That yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. plot points. <laughs> plot points. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, constant. Constance, who's your favorite character on Child's Play? Mine, mine was Maggie, just because of the fact that she cared so much about Andy and Karen and that she was personally looking out for them, too, all the time, making sure that Andy had someone to watch him when Karen couldn't. And it was just like an overall personality I liked in her. Even though I know she had her, like, comedic moments, but I found that she had a very caring heart, especially for those two. So Oh, yeah, her. that was her friend, yeah. Yeah. And Nathan, who was your favorite character? Are we saying favorite character other than Chucky? I was yes, other than Chucky, yes. Okay. Yeah, besides okay. Chucky, because a lot of people love like Chucky. Chucky he's like the, Chucky. you know, he's like the the he's icon. like Freddy Krueger, you know, he's that icon. Right. So, yeah, so Besides um, other than him, um, which is the obvious choice, of course, but uh, other than him, probably the most interesting character other than him that I'd like to know more about or have seen more scenes with was the, the voodoo man, the shadow man. Yeah. Like, there was, like, so much depth there, and you're mm-hmm. just wondering, like, okay, what about, it would have been cool to, like, see, like, flashbacks to when he was teaching Charles Lee Ray about voodoo. And, and there you, you know, go, like, another subplot for the series. Yeah, because there, there was just a lot there. A lot with that there. Character, and he does a really good job. Like, he's like, you're 
you did you took what I told you and used it for evil and you're an abomination and, mm-hmm. and then you know it's just like he's a very convincing character in the short time that he was on there um and like just a very interesting character right and Lavelle what about you who's your favorite character on uh child's play I would have to say Andy, other than Chucky, Andy. Right. Yeah. Spent a lot of time with him. He's kind of he kind of represents the audience where uh, he has ideas. He has an idea what's going on is being revealed to him. We don't know a lot of times we don't know exactly what's being revealed to him because we don't know how true it is. Right. We believe him. We know something bad is, is happening. Uh, and with Andy, you know, it's a it's, it's a loneliness with that character. You know, so um, you kind of feel for him. You feel for his plight, you know, knowing, especially during the first half of the movie, no one believes him. And even going towards the end, you know, he's still, there's still some you know, doubts. Uh, of course, we have to, you know, the psychiatrist, the doctor trying to stick him, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, he'll be all right. He doesn't even ask me any questions. Just take right. drugs. So <laughs> I kind of feel for Andy and just seeing his. Especially knowing what I know now about the series, you know, watched his progress. That's you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. And Christy, what about you? Who's your favorite character besides um, Chucky? <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to go with Karen because number one, um, a good horror movie is predicated by the the person you're rooting for. So if you don't care about that main character, you're it's right. really, really boring. Like I'm not a huge fan of Friday the 13th movies because I really don't care if they die because <laughs> there's not a lot of character development. They're just annoying teenagers. I love Friday the 13th because Nancy is a great character to get behind. She's a great character to put yourself in her shoes. Um, what do you mean? Elm Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elm Street. Sorry, Freddie. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. I love that that show, and I'm a huge fan of Freddie because Nancy makes it interesting to follow yeah. her and to be rooting for her. Yeah, um, and she's very believable. She's also really relatable to me personally because um, I grew up um, really poor. We we lived very hand to mouth, so seeing her desperately want good things for her son and wanting to get him this toy that he wants so badly, mm-hmm. even though she couldn't afford it. Like I can very clearly relate to that. Um, right. You know, I remember being a kid, like being concerned about telling my mom that I wanted stuff because I didn't want her to feel bad if she couldn't get it. Um, right. So I can completely relate to where she was coming from and just being so desperate to do good things and try to, provided a life for her son. Um, and she did such a killer job. Like she, she was did. really believable the whole time. Um, just, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with her son and not sure if he was ill or, you know, should she trust the doctors or should she believe him? And is something right. really going on? Had her go through that mental battle. Um, so she was my fave. Exactly, and I, and I agree with you, uh, uh, Christy. That was uh, she was my favorite character too, and I relate I relate to her and the fact that I also have a son. You know, I uh, have a three year old son, and I, you know, I, who I would do anything for, of course. You know, and and to, and I could just imagine, you know, my son saying to me that 
somebody somebody else is doing this. I'm not doing this, you know, and people not believing him. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think we're all going to have the same answer for this one, but who is your least favorite uh, character? <laughs> Constance, we'll go with you. Who is your least favorite character? It was a very hard toss-up because there's few characters in here I really didn't dislike, but there was a couple that I hated. It was one... Mr. Cromwell, Mr. Crosswell, her boss, uh, yes. because he just, he, he didn't care about the fact that she had a son who had a birthday and he was six on top of it. And, uh, two, the psychiatrist, I did not trust him one bit. I think he needed to have his license take away. So yes. Those are my two least favorites. <laughs> and Christy, how about you? Who's your least favorite? I would have to go with the psychiatrist. Um, I have family members who, who work in psychiatry. Um, my mother-in-law specifically has worked with um, seriously mentally ill people. Um, she does dual diagnosis, which means not only do you have a mental issue, but you've also decided to self-medicate with alcohol or meth or something or other else that is really, really bad for you. Um, so they're addicted to a substance and they have a mental illness. Um, they're very difficult to deal with. And she has such compassion for them and such love for them um, and just really performs everyday miracles. Oh, um, that's awesome. You know, and and helps them to rebuild if they're willing to do the work. Um, And so to see somebody represent that field that I know can be used for such good Mm -hmm. really, really, really ticks me off. (laughs) I understand that. Not a fan. (laughs) And uh, Lavelle, who is your uh, least favorite character? Uh, it would have to be the, the psychiatrist. It's just yeah, uh, he's one of those characters. You, you take him, you take put that character in any horror movie, you'll be happy to see him die. You know, oh yeah, one of the most satisfying deaths. Oh yeah, yes. and it was one of the funnest deaths. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and well, Nathan, yeah. we already know your answer is. Right along there with Lavelle's. So. Yeah, mine's a psychiatrist for the reasons everybody said, but also, like, the thing is with Charles Lee Ray and Chucky, like, they're being true to themselves. Like, they are always that way, and they're yeah. being authentic to who they are, whereas the psychiatrist is betraying the trust of not only these kids, but of their parents. Yes. And, you know, he's being, like, two-faced, and not authentic like he's being one way like hey you know let me take your kid and i'm going to take care of him and all this and clearly he's not taking care of anybody he's he's you know he's a monster underneath but he's like you know he's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing right and so like he's almost more despicable than charles lee ray chucky because like he's pretending to be this good guy whereas you know chucky and charles lee ray are just like they are right, he is who he is. Authentic to that, so you know yeah. this guy's like a hypocrite, though. So right, right. Oh, Lavelle, I'm sorry. I think I uh, cut you off while you were talking, sir. I, I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. What What were you saying? No, no, I did cut you off. I was done. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I cut you off, sir. All right. Uh, well, my least favorite character actually is um. 
Um, well, yeah, the uh, psychiatrist definitely, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was glad to see him die. <laughs> but uh, 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 the homeless man, actually, I would like to know more about the homeless man. I, I, I you know, because he had he was kind of like demonic him, him his own dang self, you know, but trying to rape, rapist. trying to rape Karen, right? <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> So yeah, I, I would like to know more about this homeless man. But um, I, I sadly, I think he passed away. And did Maggie actually date him? No. Remember, she goes, "I think I dated that guy." Right. <laughs> I think that was supposed right. to be a joke, though. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a few jokes about how she's had like a bad run of it with men. Yeah. Like when she's like, oh, I'll take her Andy. He'll be the hottest date I've had in months. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, um, okay. Um, and the next question is, well, um, you the um, favorite, you, your favorite creative death. There are only really four death scenes in Child's Play and five of you count Chucky dying as the Dow. In the end, dying, quote unquote. Yes, quote unquote, <laughs> dying. Uh, which death, in your opinion, was the most creative? Uh, Nathan, we'll go with you. What was the most creative death, in your opinion? Well, I was, like I said earlier, I was impressed by the way Maggie dies. Like in so many movies, like falling sequences and stuff like that can look really bad, especially in older movies. Mm-hmm. And like it looks really legitimate like the falling and the smashing into the car um but probably my favorite from like a like makeup standpoint mm-hmm. was the the electrocution of the psychiatrist like mm-hmm. his face slowly gets charred and oh, then yeah. by the end like he's got blood coming out of his eyes and his mouth and it's just really outstanding makeup effects work um look it looks like pretty brutal and i i really thought that was a cool sequence all right. Uh, oh, uh, Christy, how about you? What was your least, uh, your um, most creative uh, kill? Um, I have to say, um, I do really, really like the psychiatrist death, um, mm-hmm. and it was really satisfying too because it wasn't just a real quick and easy. Stabity step step and you're dead. Um, and we wanted that because he was terrible and we wanted him to die a horrible, painful death. Mm-hmm. That was really good. But I also really like how they kicked off the whole thing by actually killing, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Chucky. Charles he, Ray. Uh, Charlie, Charlie. Yeah, Charles Ray. I like the, the way that they did that where there was a reason for him to be in the toy store, you know, he's running away and kind of this act of desperation. I thought that was really clever the way that they kind of set up that sequence to make it make sense because it's pretty, it's a pretty outlandish concept. Like this serial killer decides to voodoo himself into a kid's doll. What? Um, So they, they were clever in that way. So I thought that was pretty smart. Great opening sequence. It really was. It really was. Yeah. And Lavelle, how about you? What was your most creative death? Yes, I have to say the psychiatrist. Uh, it was just, I've never seen anything like that at that point, that young. <laughs> <And> I remember <laughs> watching it 
my next door neighbor to Kevin Wine and back and back. Hey, I, I remember, I vividly remember them arguing over did the blood come from mine first or his cheese first? <laughs> Which I still haven't answered that question. But it, it was very creative. Uh, guy got fried. It was almost like electric chair on the ground. Um, <laughs> yes. Very creative. And Constance, how about you? What was your uh, most creative death scene? Of course, mine would be the psychiatrist as well, just because I love how the scene really does a good job crisping his face up. It doesn't look fake. I would have to agree with the beginning scene as well, just because to me, it's kind of a different death and desperation type of thing. It's like Chucky, I mean, Charles was not done with his work yet. He was so desperate to get his work done, to continue being who he was, and he was not ready to die. So he decides to put himself into a doll to continue his work. So that right down there is creative to me. Right, yeah, that that's true. And, and I agree with all of you who said the uh, it, the electrical shock, you know, with the psychiatrist. I think that was the most creative death. Uh, because it, I mean, you see this guy getting fried like right in front of your eyes, and you know, and it looks so so real. You know, he's like foaming at the mouth and stuff like that, and 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 he actually uh, sold that that death scene, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets slashed too, which is cool. That's how he gets them on the ground. Oh uh, uh, yeah, know, still, you know, the slashing with the scalpel. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, and since we're talking about the beginning of the movie and everything like that, you know, we now find out that uh, in Curse of Tucky, I'm not sure um, who all has seen Curse of Tucky. I'm sure we all have. But now we see that he actually was running away because he he actually held this girl captive. And, and, you know, kind of like knifed up Nika, you know. But Mm -hmm. so do you guys think that meshed well with the original? Uh, Because I really didn't. I had I had a problem with that. I think they could have left that alone. I think there could have been another tie in. That was just my opinion. Uh, uh, Constance, what do you think about about that? Honestly, I do, I do love that movie. It's a really good movie, but I agree with you. I just think they was like a last minute decision that they put down on a piece of paper and was like, "Oh, let's do this. This sounds good. Okay, yeah. Let's not even question that. It doesn't go with the timeline. Let's just throw it in." Yeah. So I mean, I think they should have just left it out and just let the original timeline and worked around that. So. Because I'm like this, if he was so, if he was so into this girl and loved her so much, where did Tiffany come in? Mm-hmm. Where did Tiffany come in? I mean, you know, where was she exactly in this, you know, because Tiffany would ki- would have killed that woman herself. You, you see, so I, I just had trouble with that. Time. Nathan, what 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 do you uh, say? Um, with this being one of my favorite franchises, honestly, I have to 
disagree. Um, okay, I have yeah. to say that uh, I thought, I mean, I really feel like Don Mancini had a plan from the beginning with these films. Oh, yeah, I did too. Now that I agree with. Them. Yeah. And, like, I thought the way they tied that in, it made sense that, like, you know, he was the whatever, whatever the Riverside Strangler or whatever they called him. Right, uh, right. And so it made sense that, like, he would have had, like, one last victim and then the cops closed in on him and he cut and run. And then there, it picks up with the beginning of the first one where he's running from the police. Um, but, like, to me, like, I think he had his relationship with Tiffany, but I think he had, like, this, like, dark perverted relationship with his victims that was like oh. separate from his love of Tiffany. Okay. That just like gratified like this dark part of him. Um, and so I think it was more of like that than anything else. Um, and I thought it was a nice touch to have like a reason like why he would have been running for the police, why the police would have been closing right. in on him at the beginning of the first film in the first place. Right. Now that makes sense. Right. That does make yeah, sense. It does make sense. Yeah. And uh, Lavelle, what about you? What, what, what do you think? Uh, well, with me, because I'm not a, a real big fan, and when they try to over-explain uh, things that already exist, I, th I thought the mystery of it, of, of not really knowing, like, why, I think that worked a little better. And sometimes I don't like when, you know, uh, series in general, especially horror movie series, they try to explain way too much. And we've seen that in, especially with, you know, the Halloween series. Yes. They to, yes. They try to explain things so much that they end up, you know, confusing everyone and going in a circle. You know? Yep. Uh, I mean, a prime example well of that. Works, yep. Yeah, it works well for that particular film. But I, I think as a series as a whole, it, it, it kind of changed. You don't want it to change the way you watch the first film. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, uh, Christy, how about you? What do you think? Mm, I think I'm going to have to agree with Nathan um, because I I am a big fan of true crime, um, and I you know I love like. TV series that are based off of true crime, like Criminal Minds, and oh, yeah. I feel like it makes sense that if he was, you know, motivated by the desire to to you know torture and kill, that that's that's going to overtake everything. Um, he's not going to be able to control that urge, and that is what's going to end up being his ultimate downfall. Um, right. So that that totally makes sense in setting him up to be this serial killer, homicidal. Um, right. Um, so that, oh, hang on, there we go. Sorry, had a phone mm -hmm. call coming in. So that makes sense to me, um, that, that it would be that way, and um, that that would be tying into the to the original story. Um, but I do agree that sometimes, particularly horror movies, do try to over-explain, and I feel like um, all movies in general are guilty of this sometimes, where they underestimate the intelligence of the audience. Oh yeah. Like let us put yeah. these together. Like we we got brains. We can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, I, I for one really love a good backstory. Uh um yes. uh you know yeah I just think they are the best. And if they if we don't get a backstory, 
I sometimes am guilty of just creating one for them. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I and I, I, you know, I agree that you know he was a serial killer. So it made sense that they were after him because she was his last victim. Yeah. So it, it does make sense, and I agree with that. Yeah, it really does. And uh, uh, now we, uh, my last question is my deep question, and uh, how does child's play pertain to the Bible, if at all? And now I, I, I came up with, you know, when, while I was watching child's play, I came up with a child's innocence, and and um, because a child is innocent, you know. Um, especially in the eyes of the Lord, you know, the uh, children are innocent. And I, I did come up with um, a couple of scriptures. One is uh, Matthew 18 and 10, which says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven uh, continually behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. And then... I also uh, uh, came across the scripture of uh, how the um, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, because that's what Chucky actually, you know, was doing to Andy. He was killing people in his life, and and he was trying to destroy Andy and to, you know, you know, uh, it to steal his soul. I mean, literally, he wanted to steal his soul. So that's what I came up with. So uh, what about you guys? What about you guys? Uh, Lavelle, I'll come to you first. Uh, how do you think or how did you feel that this pertained to the, to the Bible, if if you thought so at all? Uh, I think it's, it's kind of a story of like, you know, Satan speaking to a kid and what he's saying to this kid. And he's and also, he's preying on Andy's weakness. You know, Andy, you know, Andy is Andy. You know, throughout the series, he had he doesn't really have any friends. He's making friends throughout the series, but he never comes into any movie with like any friends. He's always a loner. I'm always throughout the series. And Chuck really plays on that in the first film. He's like, I'm gonna be that friend. I'm the good guy that. I'm. And oh, even right. his mother, his mother, just that loneliness in him. I, I know there's. Uh, I think he, his father, you know, passed or something like that. And, yeah. You know, she says this is that that sorrow in him, so she's trying to make up for it. For it, you know, she has to have work to try to support, them, you know, support them too. So she can't be there like she, she wants to. She wants to give him everything he needs, and he wants she wants to make him happy and, and cure his sadness. So she 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 brings him this dial, and and you have you know Chucky praying on you know his innocence, praying on his weaknesses, and trying to. To really corrupt his life. That's how that pertains. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, Christy, what about you? How do you feel about um, uh, how does child's play pertain to the Bible, if at all, in your opinion? Um, so I'm going to kind of pick it uh, Old Testament uh, style and go back to King Solomon um, because. Um, it, there's a lot of places in the Bible that talk about like don't mess with stuff that you don't understand. Um, oh, that's yeah. dangerous. 
Um, but that's probably the most well-known is King Solomon trying to figure out if he's going to win and he wants to go for the soothsayer. And, uh, you know, his advisors tell him, no, no, God says, no, don't mess with that. He does it anyway. And God's like, nope, I'm done. I told you no, and you didn't want to listen. You're opening up things that you don't understand. Um, and I think that's the thing. Like, you get into this thinking, oh, I'm going to have power and control, and it ends up not being anything like you thought it was going to be. Because um, really? he intended to have, like, power and control and be able to live eternally. Uh, he, the bad guy did, and it didn't end up happening that way at all. He ends up in a kid's toys. So, right. <laughs> um, be careful what you mess with. Be careful what doors you open, because uh, there are consequences. That, that's my takeaway. <laughs> that, that's true. And uh, Nathan, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would agree with with that. Um, the messing with something you don't fully understand, or 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 for the for that matter, um, what something like what he was taught by the shadow man. Oh yeah. Uh, what can be uh, become of it in the wrong hands? Yes. Yeah. You know, like when someone truly evil comes along and uses something in a in a manner that um, uses it for a reason. Yes. You know, other than what it was intended to for be their for, agenda, like using it for evil. Yep. Um, you know, which would, would have been interesting too to learn more about like what the shadow man like had intended in telling Charles Lee Ray about that, like what yes. he thought he was going to do with it, you know, most it definitely. Like, it would be like, you know, what was the reason he even taught him that? But then, you know, he clearly didn't know Charles Lee Ray that well, not realizing that he was going to ultimately. Right. For evil. Right. So yeah, I kind of second, second all that for sure. And Constance. How do you feel about it, hun? Okay, so last night, it took me forever trying to think of how I thought it would pertain to the Bible. I sat here and I sat here and trying to figure out, but I rewatched a certain scene and it just became clear. It's the beginning scene of the movie. It is of pride and greed that Charles Lee Ray felt of what he was doing. He Basically, he was happy with what he was doing. You could tell. And then oh, yeah. it oh, shows yeah. Eddie abandoning him in his time of crisis after getting shot. He runs into a toy store. The first thing he does is, I cannot die. I have too much left going for me. I am not going to let this. Right. Right. So it's like he ends up going into the doll. But if you realize later on, he goes to Shadow Man and you realize he's blind to the truth. It's, oh, well, I warned you what you were doing, and now you're going to be stuck in this doll unless you go into that fixer boy. And it's like, he's blind to the truth of, oh, I messed up. So it was just like, that's how what I took away from it was the pride and the greed he had because right. he was so desperate to stay alive. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I understand. Because... Yeah, because he had too much, he had so much pride in what he was, you know, what he was doing, which was killing folks and, you know, getting away with it, you know. So, you know, he he thought that he could get away with it for 
forever, you know, with with what he had, you know. So yeah, well, I don't I, know if you realize it. I don't know if you realize it too, but like later on in the films, he especially in like State of Chucky, he starts immortalizing that. Why should I go into a human host when I can stay a doll forever and be immortal and kill for the rest of life? I mean, he comes out right. and says yeah. that. It just shows you how much greed he has, you know, right. to not want to ever expire. Right, that's true. Very true. Now, Latrice, are we also going to discuss, like, the series in general? Oh, like, the oh yeah. And everything? Oh, yeah. Because um, I have a lot to say about all Oh yeah, uh, please do, Nathan. Uh, because you know, uh, um, well, I don't plan on talking about Child's Play two until like next year. Oh, but, true. But, no, I'm not going to talk about specific plot points necessarily. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Uh, but uh, 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 no, what I was trying to say was um, the series is coming out next year. I think. Uh, they already oh, have like a series. Yeah, I, I, I just meant a series of films, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's that too, uh, Nathan. Uh, we could talk. We, you could talk about that, and uh, because um, I am interested in in hearing what you have to say, actually, about the series. Uh, so, so yeah. So go ahead. Um, well, and especially after having talked with Don, um, I actually got really lucky that the convention hall had had just opened oh, like yeah. five minutes earlier and I was walking through and I looked up and there's standing Don Mancini at his table and no one is at his table. Oh, you looked up my friend. Yeah. And so like I got to like, <laughs> that almost never and, happens. Like, have a conversation with him and not just like an autograph session. Mm-hmm. Um, Don means a lot to me. Um, as I've said on some of the other podcasts, I'm actually bisexual um, and Don is gay, mm. um, and he has intended from the very beginning and with the entire series um, that the Chucky series be an LGBTQ allegory. Oh. Um, and, uh, like, especially, like, with Chucky, like, Chucky um, is somewhat of a, a subtle trans allegory, um, especially when, like, was just mentioned, he becomes... Uh, decides that he wants to stay in his new body as opposed to his old body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, my, my two favorite Chucky films are Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Um, and in those films, you know, first of all, he cast, uh, oh, man, Jennifer Tilly yeah. as Tiffany. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Tilly is an icon in the gay community. Yes. And then in the... Seed of Chucky, um, Chucky and Tiffany have a trans son, uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, Chucky calls him, uh, Glenn and Tiffany calls him Glenda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and throughout the film, like, you see Glenn, Glenda, like, struggling with the identity of, like, which one am I? And it's very much a, a direct, like, trans story and when talking to Don about that he said it's really funny because like the earlier films he said he had a lot of like kind of macho straight white male types that were fans of the films Mm -hmm. and when he did uh, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky particularly Seed of Chucky he got 
a lot of negative backlash from these macho straight guys uh, because they're like, oh, you're making Chucky into something gay. And well, it, it, it was they, just they, like, well, just it was always it for them. intended to be that way. And like, I'm gay. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, like, it's always been like this LGBTQ allegory and celebration of the different uh, orientations and identities within the community. And, and, and you know, you can kind of tell because uh, Chucky did the hair, you, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the Dow's hair. It seemed to grow longer and longer mm-hmm. with each movie. Did you guys notice that? It seemed yeah. to it's, it, it seemed to grow longer with it, with each movie. So yeah, I could I could buy that. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I really love the franchise, though, is because I personally identify with all the representation that there is in the films. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, I, I, more pro- more power to you. You know, it, I, I mean. Uh, that's not why I like the movies. You know, I like the movies because I, I, I just think they are very well done and well acted. And Brad, oh, oh yeah, and Brad Dourif did, did a wonderful job. And Don Mancini, my hat's off to him because he actually did a hell of a job, uh, uh, you know, producing it and making it Writing come to life. Yeah, so, hey, you know, I don't care if he's gay or not. You know, he did a fantastic job. Yes. Very I'm fantastic. Just, I'm just glad of the, the representation, though, because there's not a ton of that in horror movies. And oh, to yeah. have such a prominent franchise be such a beacon of hope for the community is, is really, really cool. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, I don't have any more questions, but I do have some fun facts here. Uh, I have five to be exact. Um, the first fun fact that I have is uh, Don Mancini was, was actually inspired by the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> so the Cabbage Patch Kids actually inspired Don Mancini for this film. All righty. Uh, uh, and I used to have Carrie's Patch Kids. You know, I had like two or three of them. <laughs> I did too. Talk did about too. talk about scary dolls. They they could be kind of scary. They're born out of cabbages. That is a weird. Uh, uh, fun fact number two: um, Tom Holland wasn't the only director considered to um, direct this movie. And it's funny that we talk about Fright Night because he did direct Fright Night as well. So, and, uh, but um, uh, Don Mancini and the producer, David Kirshner, they talked to William Friedman to uh, direct this movie too. And uh, William Friedman is actually the director of The Exorcist. And uh, they also talked to Irvin Kirshner, uh, which was the director of Empire Strikes Back. I think they did really good with Tom Holland. Uh, and my fun fact number three is Tom Holland actually has a cameo in the movie. Actually, he has a couple. Uh, Holland has uh, the one role, uh, cameo role is him being the host of the Good Guys program. 
Uh, you can only hear his voice, though. And then he is also in the picture. Uh, he portrays Andy's father in a picture uh, that you can see briefly inside Karen and Andy's room. And he's he's the father in the picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact number four is uh, Catherine Hicks and Kevin Yager, who actually created Chucky, uh, they met on set and they married a year later. Oh, yeah. And my fifth um, fun fact is original uh, uh, the original writer Dan Mancini stated in an interview that his original script toyed with the audience a bit longer, making us wonder if young Andy was the killer rather than uh, Chucky. And this idea was used by Kevin Tenney in Pinocchio's Revenge. Have you guys seen that? I have seen Pinocchio's Revenge, but I haven't seen it in years. Have you guys seen it? No. I have not. No. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good uh, 90s movie. You guys should check it out. It was made in the 90s. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And... um. And now we uh, move on to the cast and crew that has passed away. And truthfully, guys, I didn't, I forgot to write that down. (laughs) But I do believe um, one of the writers passed away last year. Um, I think um, actually the the main writer, uh, Lafta, Lafia, Joy Lafta. Because Don did the story, and then he co-wrote with two other writers for the actual screenplay. Yeah. One of them passed away last year. I forget which one, but one of them did. And I do believe the guy who played the homeless man, I think he passed away, too. Well, he was homeless. I mean, they don't have a long life expectancy, so... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Uh, <laughs> silly. Uh but uh, but yeah, so I think those are the only two. But I I'm gonna um check it out. I mean but but Don Mancini and Catherine Hicks and Alex Vincent and um Brad Dourif, they were all at Texas Frightmare Weekend like two years ago. So <laughs> I tried to get Brad Dorff to do the Chucky voice, and he he said he sincerely apologized and said that he's uh, legally uh, not allowed to do it. Oh my gosh! I wonder yeah, why. He's only allowed to do it like for the movies, like in a studio, I guess. He's not allowed to do it outside yeah. of, for a professional setting. Oh, I guess maybe he um, signed a contract or something. Yeah, and I think a lot of I think it's the same way for the uh, the voice actors that do the Simpsons. They're not allowed to do the voices like on top shows or anything like that. Oh, it's just part of like when when you become like yeah uh, when you become popular character and stuff. They mm-hmm. usually put that into the contracts. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna depend on the contracts because yeah. uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Twisted Tunes, but that was my favorite thing they they did a um a uh what do you call it a 
comic book convention at, uh, in Shreveport. And the first year they did it, they did Twisted Tunes, and they had um, several of the voice actors that do, like, the bigger names. Like, they had the guy that does Duran, the guy that does Stimpy, uh, Jim Cummings, who does Pooh Bear and Tigger. And they did a panel, and they read scripts from big Hollywood movies as their characters. Oh, that's it's funny. The funniest thing. You have not lived until you have heard Winnie the Pooh as Darth Vader. <laughs> 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 Where can we see it at? They do um, conventions. They come to conventions. Um, uh, I don't know uh, when they're going to come to the next one. Like I try to follow them. Um, but they're actually thinking about um, rebooting um, Tiny Tunes um, because mm. the guy who does Ren and Stimpy, I follow them on um, social media. Mm. And they're getting ready to start um, doing, or not Ren and Stimpy, but um, Pinky and the Brain. The guys who do Pinky and the Brain, um, they are getting ready to reboot Pinky and the Brain for the reboot of Tiny Toons. And I am oh, thrilled. Oh, wow. Nice. So, now, they're actually rebooting Ren and Stimpy, though, too. I've heard that, too. I've heard that, yeah. too. So it's kind of a 90s revival, which I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hopefully they do a good job with it. I know. But they're bringing the originals, the OGs, so I think that that should help. Yes. Yeah. That really should help. Really should. Well, we'll move on to um, my grouper's reaction. Um, I did ask the group um, earlier today uh, what their favorite part was. And and, uh, Dexter Williams says um, his favorite part was at the start of the film when the serial killer did uh, the voodoo incantation to enter the soul of the Tokidao. And um, Mark Loughton says that his favorite part is also the most unnerving part, which was, was the scene where Andy and Chucky take a ride to a rough part of town and Andy is alone. And uh, and Jess Pleva says that um, her favorite part is just after Andy's mom discovers the batteries aren't inserted in the Chucky Dow and and he comes alive in her arms because it's the first time we see evil Chucky and and it totally freaked her out as a kid. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, guys, I don't have any more questions. No more fun facts. Uh, uh, nobody um that has ca- uh passed away um. We and no more groupers reactions, so we are done. My podcast is over. Yeah. We all made it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, but I do want to mention um, my Facebook group, though. Uh, we're all which we're all a part of. Everybody here is a part of my Facebook group, and we all have so much fun. So, listeners, I just want to uh, let you know that. Um, if you guys want to join us, please do uh, go to Facebook and uh, type in Horror Movie Warriors in the search engine. And me or my lovely assistants, which Connie Constance Goodrich just has to, uh, she just happens to be one of my administrators. And uh, we will uh, 
it stepped you on in. Yeah, cool. So, uh, and also I want to mention my PayPal account. Uh, you guys might uh, see the tip jar um, that's uh, attached to my um, my podcast website. That is inactive, though. So just go to my PayPal account if you guys want to go ahead and leave a tip. Uh, my my PayPal is, account is my email address, actually, CarterLatrice126 at gmail.com. And you guys can go there to leave a tip. Well, guys, I hope you guys had so much fun. Lavelle, I really hope you had fun because you're with me next week. <laughs> That's yes, the blog. The blog. <laughs> I hope you have fun, sir. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, I think you're with me again uh, next season. I think you're with me again. I know I have like two or three within like two months. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but That's it's always good. a pleasure having you and your wife on with me, Nathan. I love it. Definitely. Yes. And uh, Christy, I think you're back with me next season. Yes, I'm going to be on, uh, with you on Warlock, and I'm super excited. Yes. That's underrated uh, film. I, I thought so, it. too. I thought so, too. And Very that's underrated film. Very it was underrated. like Julian Sands. Come on, people. Julian Sands. Uh, he is so cute, too. He Julian is. Sands gorgeous. is cute. He's so talented. Like, ugh. I don't know why he wasn't used more because, like, come on. <laughs> I know. The only other thing that I have ever seen Julian Stance in is Rose Red. Rose Red is a good one. Arachnophobia, too. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, That's right. He was. I forgot. Had a little, had a smaller part. There's also a really like weird independent one uh, where um, he's like with this girl, and they keep going to like different houses, and like it's kind of acid trippy. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, um, but I was one of those people that would like video stalk you if I thought you were talented. I was gonna look up your whole film <laughs> catalog. It's all on everything. And that one was really good. I'll have to look up the name of it. Um, oh, yeah, please. Remember, but it was good. It was a good one. Uh, look up the name and put it on the group page because I, now I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> it was good. It was it was like one of those where you're trying to figure out if, like, there, there's something supernatural going on or if it was just weird. Um, and it, it was independent and very as trippy, but uh, still really well done. Because some of those get too weird, and I'm like, okay, I don't know where you were supposed to go, but now my brain hurts. and yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just lost interest at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, guys, it has been such a pleasure um, talking with all of you. Uh, um, yeah. Like I said, next week I'm talking about The Blob, and Lavelle Jackson will be with me again. Um, also, um, Ingrid Hubert and... Uh, Matt Lax and Rick Moylan is going to be with uh, with us too. So I have um, four people again next week. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, it worked out pretty well with with five of us. I guess it yeah, did. It, did. it yeah. really did. 
I, I, I loved it. I, I, I love this con- whole conversation. I, I, I love Tal's play anyway. So Yeah, definitely. Yes. All right, now, if you ever do Bride of or Seed of, I got to be on it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You have got to be on it. You stake your claim, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next week, this has been Latrice Carter, Nathan Della, Chrissy S.Q. Morris, Lavelle Jackson, and Constance Goodrich. And we all say we will see you later. Bye, guys.